This is Psych, Wine, and Pop Culture, a podcast brought to you by two best friends, Kristen and Heather. Join us for a glass of wine, providing a psychological perspective on popular TV shows and movies. And candid conversations about mental health. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. So I'm excited that we chose to record today because today is Juneteenth. Yeah, I know. And I think you should definitely share about what it means because some people may not know what it is. So Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. So this dates back to 1865, and it was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed in Galveston, Texas, with the news that the war had ended and that enslaved people were now free. So it should be noted that this was two and a half years after Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which had become official on January 1st of 1863. So that was two and a half years before slaves in Texas even knew that they were free. I know about this holiday because Aaron actually taught me about this. And I'm glad that he did because it is kind of a, you know, a huge part of Texas history. But there's also Mm -hmm. another piece of Texas history that I wanted to share with people. So some of our listeners are based out of California because that's where you're from. That's Mm -hmm. where you're at, where you live. And some of our listeners are here in Texas. There's this activist, a 93-year-old activist, and lifelong... Whoa. <laughs> yes. Lifelong, yes. <laughs> lifelong Texan. Good for her. <laughs> named Opal Lee. She's been campaigning to make Juneteenth an actual national holiday for many, many years. She's talked to everyone that she can, even the Obamas. Mm. So, yeah, she's a pretty My big goodness. deal. She grew up in Texas, actually uh, here in Fort Worth. So when Opal was a young girl, she was 12. She lived in this neighborhood in Fort Worth, not too far from where I live. And she and her family were forced out of their house by 500 white rioters. So they forced them out of the house. They tore down the house. They vandalized it. They set it on fire. I mean, it was a real hate crime. It truly was. And uh, she never really talked about it too much, but... Can you guess what day that happened? June 19th? Yes, June 19th, 1939. Wow. I mean, ever since then, she's just really tried to make Juneteenth a national holiday. And I mean, hopefully one day it will be. But, you know, in the meantime, it doesn't stop her celebration. She's always led, you know, parades and, and festivals and any, you know, festivities and things like that. So we're just really proud that she's a part of our history here in Fort Worth. Wow, wow, she's quite the activist. Yeah, so that's just something I wanted to bring up before we talk about our topic. Well, thank you for educating us. I appreciate that. Well, I hope I did it justice. I don't know. (laughs) You always do things justice. You got to give yourself some slack. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm excited that we are talking about intuition. So this was interesting because I didn't think about doing it. And Kristen actually had the idea to do intuition because she had a personal experience, which we'll share a little bit later. So there are a couple of uh, definitions 
of intuition and there's going to be different perspectives that we talk about but I just wanted to define intuition for our listeners so Mm -hmm. the dictionary definition of intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning so it's like that feeling that you get that just for whatever reason you know something to be true but it, it it doesn't mean that you have any facts to back it up right it's kind of like instinctual yes right? like instinctual okay. so I mean I would say that Heather is actually the most intuitive person I have ever known you're cracking me up because <laughs> I think you're pretty intuitive I don't know <laughs> do you remember that book I gave you in college oh yeah <laughs> I still have it I still have it so she gave me this book because when I was in college I just like to predict things just for fun you know, like when people would break up or, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> you know, just random things that would happen. And most of the time they were true. So she's like, here's this book and write down all your predictions in it. So I still have it. Yeah, I can't remember. Did I make it? No, it was like a little scrapbook. I don't think you made it, but like you bought it and like you had put like little text of where I can write stuff. Oh my gosh. I You have to bring it when you come visit me next time. I will. I want to see it. Intuition could be instinct. It could be based on experience, which we'll talk a little bit about. I think for me, it's about just reading the social environment. Yeah, but it's so strange how sometimes, like in my experience that I'm going to talk about later, I had no no straws to grasp at in the social environment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. just know about something that I could have possibly not known about. Yeah, that that was when you told me that I was shook. Yeah, it was weird. But let's get into the perspectives. So as far as what we're going to cover in this episode, the different perspectives that we're talking about with intuition are the philosophical and the psychological. And Heather's going to share with us some research and some experiences people have had with intuition in regards to death, spirituality, So I'm going to read a couple of things about the philosophical perspective of intuition. In philosophy, intuition is a form of knowledge or of cognition independent of experience or reason. So that's kind of what I had said earlier. It's something that you have knowledge or knowing of something without actually having reason to back it up. Mm -hmm, The intuitive faculty and intuitive knowledge are generally regarded as inherent qualities of the mind. So inherent meaning that it's just a part of you. So that Mm -hmm. being said, it's kind of like, you know, it's a quality that people have. So Heather has this inherent quality to be a loving and kind person. It's just who she is. So that's an example of what Mm -hmm. inherent means. So intuition was important in Greek philosophy, particularly in the thinking of such philosophers as Pythagoras and his followers, who were trained in mathematics. The concept also had great significance in much of Christian philosophy as one of the basic ways in which a person could know God. The philosophers who relied most on the idea of intuition were Baruch Spinoza and Immanuel Kant. Good job. (laughs) So intuition can be defined differently depending on what topic you're discussing and what theorists you're talking about. It looks like intuition can be observed in philosophy, psychology, religion, and even spirituality. I do want to share with you this particular definition of intuition that I thought was pretty cool. I really liked it and I found it when I was doing research and it's by Margaret Blanchard and Mm. she's a poet. 
And her definition of intuition is a realization of wholeness, which is simultaneously internal and external and often expressed through image oh, and story. Oh, I like that. I like that one a lot better <laughs> than the other ones. <laughs> That's why I wanted to share it. It's really straightforward to the point. It has just like this. I can visualize that definition. Yeah, expressed through image and story. That resonates with mm-hmm. me because storytelling is such a huge part of my life, in my career, and in my personal life. Exactly. So that's why I say you're a good intuitive Aww. person as well. Well, it does help me tell stories now that I think about it. I have to be very intuitive and in touch with what I'm feeling, the social environment, like you said, uh, maybe like whoever I'm interviewing for videos that I do for work and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I guess it would be important. In Spinoza's yeah. philosophy, intuition is the highest form of knowledge that provides a greater understanding of not only scientific knowledge, but knowledge that is influenced from our senses. I like that because I think that's true. I don't know if anybody's ever felt this, but like maybe you've met someone and you just kind of <gasps> feel weird. Like there's like this kind of strange feeling that you have, but you just can't put your finger on it. I feel like that's your senses. Yeah. You know, so either it's like your stomach or it's like you're here. Sometimes you hear something. So I definitely think that's true. There's a relationship with and our five senses are hearing, sight, smell and taste and touch and touch. So Kant regarded intuition as he's the other philosopher guy that we talked about earlier as the portion of a perception that is supplied by the mind itself. I'm like, okay, what does that even mean? He divided perceptions (laughs) or phenomena into two parts, the sensation caused by the external object perceived and the form or the understanding of the perception in the mind, which results from intuition. Such apprehension as space and time are types of pure intuition or what is this word? And something like that it's just a term for pure intuition in a different language i think philosophy was actually one of the hardest subjects that i ever took in college psychology was just much more second nature to me but when i read this what i get is that first you experience Mm -hmm. through your senses and once you get that experience then you're able to make an interpretation of what that is i think that's okay I failed philosophy in college. Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> oh, I remember you took it. You were asking me for help. And I'm like, girl, I, this it is was, not my stuff. It was the only it's class not. I ever failed. And then I ended up in academic probation. And I felt like such a delinquent. You know, some people have their strengths. We have their weaknesses. And I give credit to people who major in philosophy because to me, that's one of the So where ones. can we see intuition in our daily lives? Well... Some people have intuitive experiences related to the decisions they make. Others can have intuitive experiences related to their spirituality and also maybe even death experiences. Finally, some individuals can have intuitive experience with the work they do. So I would say intuitive experiences in the work that I do are somewhat of a daily thing for sure. You know, just trying to figure out what the, Mm -hmm. the right story is to tell, the right angle to tell that story. And... I would also say that, you know, I always heavily rely on my intuition as far as the decisions I make, especially with big decisions like, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to apply for grad school and, you know, I started to really think, okay, how much is this going to help me in the long run? And, you know, did it feel like the right thing to do? So I would say that I relied on my intuition a lot with that. 
I mean, do you have any daily things that you rely on your intuition for? Oh, yeah, plenty. As a therapist, for example, I think a lot of it is intuition. Really? You're trying to sense, I think, well, part of it is, I feel like you're trying to sense where your client's at, right? For example, if you, let's say, are kind of upbeat, really upbeat, and your client's really down, 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 it could be overwhelming for your client, right? So kind of having that intuition of like, oh, okay, maybe they're not wanting me to be this upbeat today. Maybe we, we meet him in the middle or meet her in the middle. So I think the client therapist relationship does have some intuition. Of course, there's other stuff, but... I think to be a therapist, you do have to have some type of intuition. I think that makes you a good therapist. I would hope so. Yeah, because <laughs> do you think that, I know you've had some bad ones yourself, and when you think about them, do you, don't you think that they're not consciously thinking, oh, let me tone it down if I'm super happy and Heather's not so happy today? Right, right. Uh, actually, this is another example that I just thought of. I actually had a friend who went to a therapist and they told me this story. They've been to therapy plenty of times. So they've had the skills, you know, they know how to deep breathe. They know how to meditate. So this was like a new therapist for this person. And of course, they went through the whole thing, like what's going on. And this person had a lot of anger at the time. So the therapist was like, well, I think it'd be really good if you did deep breathing. Um, let me show you how to do that. And then my friend was like, well, I already know how to do that. And I've been doing it and it's not working. Like pretty much told the therapist straight up, like, I need something else or I need to talk about something. And she continued to for 30 minutes teaching him about deep breathing. Oh, my God. And he was and he was so angry. He told me, like, I felt my anger coming out of me. I was just so shocked. She couldn't see it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's how he felt. Maybe she couldn't see it, but I know him and he's pretty, he's pretty vocal and he, you can tell when he's <laughs> upset. So I'm surprised she didn't see it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's like a great example of not following social environment. Like you were saying. Ugh. Exactly. So, anyways. so I'm really interested to hear about some research that you have to share. Spirituality and death are two other things related to intuitive experiences that we said we were going to talk about. So you have some research about people who have experienced intuition related to the death of someone who was very close to them. Yes. So the study was qualitative, which means that this is an experience in detail dependent type of study. So it's not like giving out surveys and asking questions to people. It's more about kind of sitting down with the person, interviewing them, asking very detailed questions about what their mm-hmm. experience is. So this study by Mastrosink, which I apologize if I did not say that correctly, in 2020, completed a study that interviewed individuals who had experienced a death in their social network. So it could be a family member or a friend. Specifically, there were 27 people in total that were organized into groups. So four groups were with people who lost someone by homicide. And there were three groups where someone had lost someone due to suicide. So interestingly, the study found several themes related to dealing with grief. However, there was one central theme that emerged related to intuition and death. One of those was parental and spiritual intuition, which I was like, wait, it's like when your parents know you did something bad, but you don't know how they know, but they just know. (laughs) 
kind of like that yeah see for me i had to kind of think about it so yeah so it's like your parent kind of have like this intuition that something was wrong basically so with this study it's kind of talking about that but obviously we're talking about death so someone had shared this particularly said i knew in my heart that he was dead finally the doctor came through and he's like you know well he was shot blah 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 and i'm thinking in my head i just don't want to hear it just tell me is he alive or is he dead and he said, well, I'm sorry, but we couldn't, we couldn't resuscitate him. He died. And then, well, I knew he already died way before that time. So that's an example of parental intuition. So in this study, there was a lot of themes stating that before they actually had the concrete evidence that their loved one passed away, they just had this kind of gut feeling that something was wrong. And especially if they knew that something bad had happened, maybe like they were in a car accident or something drastic happened. They kind of just had this feeling they were dead wow, already. Wow, that's crazy. So basically the parents, mm-hmm. when they talk to the doctor, even though they asked them, are they alive or dead? And the doctor said that they were dead. The parent already knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this, it's, this situation is different because there could be a possibility, like you don't know where they were shot, you know, they're in surgery but for this person, they kind of just had that feeling already. I don't even know who these people are, and I'm but, getting sad. <laughs> I know. There was actually quite a good, there was quite a bit of emotional stories in that, but that was one of the ones that really got to me. And it just shows that I wouldn't call it like a psychic sense, but we are very attached to the people that we love, I think, in a way where we know if something's wrong, I think. And I think that's a good example of that. So even though they were not with the person, I feel like that attachment to that loved one kind of signaled the body in a way. I'm just making a theory here, but saying that there's something wrong. Since we're talking about death, do you mind if I share another yes, experience? Yes, of course. Oh, I'm getting chills already. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I probably told you this before, but I remember it was Halloween and I was working at Starbucks. And now it was super busy. And I know my dad had called me several times that night, but I just didn't pick up the phone because I was super busy. It was just insane. Like there was a line out the door. I didn't get off until like 1130 at night after cleaning. So then finally I get out, I go to my car and I see that my my phone had a bunch of missed calls from my dad. And he does that kind of a lot. So it wasn't like kind of out of the norm. (laughs) Like he would just call me multiple times just because he wanted to make sure I get the phone call. However, that particular time, it just felt weird. Like, I felt like this urgency to call him back. So I did, and he didn't pick up. And I was like, that's kind of, okay, what's going on? That's kind of where usually he would pick up. So I kind of just let it go. So the next day, I called him again. I just felt kind of down that next day. I just felt kind of drained. I just felt like something was wrong. And I kind of just let him do his own thing, because sometimes he would do that. He would call. He wouldn't call me for a couple days, like, it just depends, like if he was busy with work. So I was like, oh, he's probably got busy with work, so whatever. So then sure enough, like three days later, my mom calls me and tells me my dad died. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I felt that feeling too. I was like, I felt something was going on, but I, I guess I was kind of in denial already. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know what to say to that, but I remember you telling me that story and it's just 
I don't know. Like it, it's just unfortunate that you weren't able to pick up the phone because you were working. But I know now. I wish I would have just said, "Screw it, <laughs> let me go to my car and talk to my dad." Right? Yeah, but so I, I mean, so in the moment, you're not gonna know that. It wasn't until later that you That's started true. feeling weird about it. So there's nothing really you could do to change it. Yeah. That's a good point. But I would like for you to share yours. Yours is even like creepier than oh, mine, I man. think. Oh, man. It's a little bit like psychic. <laughs> yeah, we have more to cover with intuition in terms of spirituality, but Heather wanted me to tell this story. So my parents um, had invited me to a retirement party of uh, my dad's boss his old boss. And uh, I didn't really want to go, but I just thought, oh, you know, I want to spend time with my parents. So sure. And, you know, there was going to be free food. So I was like, why not? So I get there and, you know, all these people who had kind of seen me grown up who worked with my dad were happy to see me and it was good to see them. Uh, but there really wasn't anybody young or anybody for me to like talk to, you know, it was a retirement party. So they're all kind of mm -hmm. like my parents age or older. So, um, I take a seat, we pick a table, and there's this couple, an older couple, kind of like my parents' age, sitting across from us, and I was talking to them, and there was this empty seat to the left of me, and while I was eating, this girl comes to sit next to me, who's, she's probably like, I would say, maybe late 20s or early 30s, um, but she didn't say much, but the moment that she sat down by me, I felt this weird feeling just take over my body like just this overwhelming feeling of grief and mm. you know I'm gonna knock on some wood but I have never lost a loved one before um the closest person that I lost to death was your dad because I've I known him as long mm -hmm. as I've known you which was you know s several years uh, but I never really lost a family member but for this feeling as if I would know what that feels like kind of came over me and it was just really just awful like even talking about it kind of gives me flashbacks and as I was sitting there I mean she was very quiet she didn't say anything to me I didn't say anything to her it wasn't you know grief is something that you can't really see on people you can see that they're sad or that they're depressed but you can't really know specifically what it is that they're going through unless they were to tell you mm -hmm. so right. I was sitting there next to her and all of a sudden just these images were popping up in my brain like I can't explain them but I knew that I was feeling grief and that a maternal figure in her life had died recently but I didn't know okay is it like maybe it's a mom I'm thinking it's a mom could be a grandma maybe an aunt that she's really close to but I felt like leaning towards a mom and then I kept mm -hmm. seeing the number two. So two kept popping up and I kept thinking, okay, two, two years seems too long because I feel more recent. Okay, so two days is too soon. I think maybe it's like two months. So I just kind of ignored it. You know, I didn't know why I was having these random thoughts. And people continued hmm. to go up on the microphone and speak and stuff because it was a pretty large room of people. I mean, obviously, this was like way before COVID. And my dad's mm -hmm. boss came up there and she's thanking people who have helped her in her career and stuff. And then she goes, yes, and I would love to thank somebody who a dear friend of mine who is not here today. Um, but her daughter is 
and uh, can you stand up honey and the girl who's sitting next to me stands up that's insane i remember when he told me the story i screamed i was like what? yes and then she goes so then she she talks and and that's the first time i heard her talk and she goes yes my mom you know she died two months ago and you know she's my best friend we're really close um but i know that she would have love to be here and blah 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 and she just you know I was just so shocked I was like what how could I have guessed that this person who I never met before had a mother who passed away two months ago that is insane like I've never had anything like that where I've had images like I feel that's just so specific I know I'm not claiming to be like psychic or anything like that's but I'm just <laughs> saying that was just a little this has happened to me actually a few times throughout my life and you know it's it's that Mm -hmm. definition of intuition how it's something you know to be true but you don't have any facts or reasoning to back it up yeah but it's just this feeling and you kind of just go with it so it was really it was really weird (laughs) but uh, I mean I, I I don't know how to how to explain it well thanks for sharing that that was just so unique i kind of think it's amazing also a little (laughs) creepy but amazing (laughs) so the next thing we're going to talk about is intuitiveness in terms of spirituality so honestly i just found this study interesting i just really wanted to share it with everyone basically this was looking at female long distance runners so the reason that i thought this was interesting is because they were really specific about distance running in nature So, you know, you have distance runners, they could be like on the sidewalk, you know, in the city, you could, you know, go on a treadmill and do some distance running, but they were very, very specific about nature-based long distance running. And what they were basically saying is that there's kind of this more spiritual component of running in nature versus running in other environments. So this study looked at these females and their experiences of how they felt when they were running. So they found some themes. One of the themes that they found was interpersonal entombment. So what that means is this relationship with yourself, feeling engaged with understanding who you are, having like that mindful awareness. So a lot of women had this interpersonal entombment. So they would reflect on their own qualities. They also said they had like this sense of heightened awareness and emotion and cessation within their bodies when they were running. And in that way, it's kind of like intuition, kind of getting into your senses based on that philosophy definition. So I think that kind of has to do with intuition. And they also discussed women wanting to share their experiences with others as well. So some other women who enjoy running, they wanted to also share that with like their girlfriends or other friends. And they even wanted to share that experience with a higher power, such as God, just feeling that intuitive experience of understanding yourself and kind of giving back to others. So I think in a way, like when you were talking about that girl, you kind of had maybe like this feeling that you wanted to help her in a way, right? Like you wanted to say something. I didn't know what to say when I was sitting next to her. Yeah, no, I got the sense like you you like felt for her and you wanted to like say something. Obviously, there's nothing you could say, but you had that feeling, right? So I think that's kind of what they're talking about here too. The second theme from this study by Ludwig in 2019 is strand species attunement. So basically what this means is that when a woman was long distance running, they had like this collective understanding that they were sharing an energy with another animal, communicating on some level or gaining a greater awareness of their place and the animal's place in the world. 
Honestly, I felt okay, this. Okay, why do they have to call it trans species attunement? You are attuned. You are That's attuned what they called with it. another species. <laughs> it's like a fancy, ugh, just so extra. Okay, so when did know, you experience trans species attunement with another animal? So when I was living in Virginia, they had a lot of trails. And I was just walking through the trail. And then I was starting to jog a little bit, but I wasn't very fit, honestly. But I was trying to jog. And then I saw like a little turtle, <laughs> like kind of just walking <laughs> by this bridge. And I was just looking at the turtle and he looked at me and we we're like, yeah, dude, it's nice out today. <laughs> we had like this collective understanding, you know. <laughs> I'm serious. It, it felt like I had this connection with this turtle. And I promise you I was not under influence of anything. <laughs> But I definitely understand what they're trying to say with this transspecies attunement. And I feel like that this is another way of saying like your intuition about not only yourself, but others, not only socially with like people, but even animals could be important. Okay. I mean, think about a veterinarian. Doesn't a veterinarian have to have yes, intuition? Yes, they do. In order to figure out like what's wrong with the animal. Animals can't talk, so. Exactly. So I think it's pretty cool, honestly. All right. I'll buy it. You'll buy it. <laughs> I'm buying <laughs> you in. <laughs> All right. The last thing we'll talk about is trans-terra attunement. So terra means earth in some languages. And if you ever hear like a terrani mm -hmm. terranium, those are like those little glass plant gardens, I guess you could say. So it does have to do with nature. It has to do with the earth. So this attunement has to do when women are long distance running they have a spiritual connection with their body as the land, and they also resemble the land of the earth. Thus, understanding one's internal processes can influence understanding of bodily sensations along with our place in the world. So understanding your body, but also understanding in an existential way, like what is your purpose or what is your place in the world? I think that's what this one's trying to say. And I feel like it has a lot to do with meditation too. A lot of meditative practices kind of have this idea and I think intuition in a way is also part of meditation if you think about it if you want to meditate and kind of focus on your body or focus on your thoughts you kind of have to have like this intuitiveness about yourself yeah I that. would agree you know what this reminds me of well what? in the curious case Benjamin Button episode I mentioned that my favorite movie is Forrest Gump and this reminds me of the scene when Forrest is running across the country oh yes that's perfect yeah. And, yes, that and is a great example. Jenny about it and just the different landmarks and the things that he saw in nature, the plains, you know, mm -hmm. the, the lakes, all kinds of stuff that he he saw when he was running. This makes me think of that. Oh man, I love that. That's a that's a great one. I'm sure he was in the zone just focusing in all the nature. Mm -hmm. So definitely a good one. So this research study in total basically summed it up and said overall distance running in nature can facilitate the mind and body relationship in which we ignite our animal nature and our personal nature and also our earthly nature. Distance running can also be associated with the insight of how our social roles are prominent in our daily lives. And distance running can support the process of refocusing on the self, especially in terms of our place on earth, while also understanding and making oneself okay. understood. That's kind of reminds me of the research you brought up in our he gardening as a healing hobby episode with Lupita. It does. Because you said that. Mm -hmm. 
um, just being around nature can be very healing. I think this further supports that research yeah. in a sense. So, yeah. And hopefully this was a fun podcast to listen to. I know intuition is something we don't really think about to talk about. So hopefully it was kind of interesting for some people to kind of listen in on some research about it and also some of our personal experiences. Especially right now, you know, we are in a time where things are changing. We are trying to learn about just what social injustices and hardships that that black people face and we are trying to learn more about it and try to be more attuned with it and right now mm -hmm. i think intuition is a tool that can help us with that mm -hmm. being in tune with what your understanding is and how other people understand this topic and just showing compassion so I think that's a really great way to yes. sum it up. So if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you can get those notifications every time we come out with a new episode. And just to refresh your memories, we have two types of episodes. One kind of episode that we do is more about pop culture. So Heather will cover psychological perspectives and things that she finds in TV shows that we watch or movies that we watch. And then we have candid conversations, and sometimes those are about mental health or just psychological perspectives that can help with your understanding of people, of yourself. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and go ahead and follow us on, on Instagram. We post about a lot of different things, and right now we're trying to do our best to share resources. Um, Heather has shared about anti-racist research and we just want to keep sharing more about that so please go ahead and follow us at psych wine pop so before we leave you today we want to give you a little preview of what our next episode is going to be about if you have seen the show on hulu love victor that is what we're going to be talking about in our next episode we are so excited i'm loving the show so far so hopefully you guys will enjoy it too yes we had been dying to cover something about sexuality about the lgbt population mm -hmm. because this month june was pride month so even though this episode isn't going to come out during pride month we still wanted to do it really badly, and then, you know, the show came out because it's a new show on Hulu, so we just thought, okay, let's just cover it, and Heather's halfway through the season. The season has 10 episodes. I just fin finished it yesterday. I binged watched it in two days. Wow. Wow. You're effective. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm super excited I, about it because we've been talking, like you said, for a long time covering an LGBTQ type of show so i am so excited to cover some of those psychology perspectives yes and then he's latino so it's like that's another element to mm -hmm. it that i feel like we never really get to cover is someone in the lgbtq community who is also latino mm -hmm. and the family dynamics we're gonna get all into that yes i'm so excited until next time This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. 